Oh, hello. I bet you weren't expecting to hear my voice right now. Neither was I. But I'm here to deliver a listener's note. You know that part in a ghost story where the lights start turning off and on or like someone's recording devices go haywire or the spirit medium's equipment cuts out because something's trying to communicate? (laughs) Well, that's not quite what happened here, but it appears that part of my recording for today just isn't there. It's just not there. Was it a ghost trying to uh, cut in and communicate with me from the other side for a spooky October edition of Art of the Short? Hmm, who's to say? But this is a warning that we did have to use backup audio just for the first few minutes of this episode. We thank you for your patience, we apologize for the inconvenience, and we hope you enjoy the show. Watching you in a caftan yelling at a cat saying, no meowing, no meowing, was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> On this episode of Art of the Short, Jory and Bethers go goth, question their sanity, and relate to this horrific little tale with their own confessions of guilt and paranoia. We'd like to remind you that all episodes of Art of the Short contain explicit content and a masterful amount of spoilers. If you'd like to read the story before entering, a free link is provided in the show notes. Or if you don't give a mother whatsoever, just keep listening. Art of the Short is an interactive literary art installation. We overextend our opinions on short stories and make art of our interpretations. Like, Jory's going to cut some paper snowflakes, you know, the kind, and create a garland (laughs) around the room to represent the snowfall, the gentle, melting snowfall of her emotions. Wow. That was a journey. (laughs) Stuff like that. Join the conversation and send us your artwork to add to the gallery. To learn how, go to artoftheshort.com and follow the installation on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Art of the Short to see what others think of this short story through their art. Hi, Bethany. Hey, little witchy witch. It is October. It is scary. It is spooky. It is raining. It is cold. (laughs) There are pumpkins in my future. Hey, you little witch bitch. And I am a little witch bitch. BTS, Bethany just basically told me that I am a scary witch in real life and laughed really hard. Uh (laughs) Well, you are wearing your hair long and you are wearing black nail polish. There's nothing I can do about that. That's like all summer long, though, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the truth. That's just the truth. (laughs) My beautiful witch, who I love so much. You are one of the greatest witches I know. Hi, hi. How was your art this week? How do you feel? I'm excited. (laughs) My art makes me feel like I spent a lot of time and investment (laughs) on this piece. (laughs) And I'm ecstatic, ecstatic about the final product. Yay! How's your ghosty art? Came in hot. I pulled like a Bethany. Like, mm-hmm. I was like real confident about this thing. <laughs> like, I legit think that I'm like a better artist than I am or something. Like, I'm like, oh. I got this. I got this. You're like, I got this and I'm going to do it better than everyone else. Hold okay? my coat. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then uh, when it came time, <laughs> things did not work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. My brain and literal mm. hands mm. don't work that way. Did you pivot? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to. I had to show up with something. Up until the very last second was Time like... To the wire. Oh, yeah. Chomp, chomp, chomp on those witch nails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think you're so funny. <laughs> I am really happy with it. And I hope I scare you. I have no idea what to expect. I have no idea what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Okay, well, let's get into the story. Let's do it so we can get to the art. Ooh, that was, like, really intense. <laughs> this week's short story is by American writer, poet, critic, and editor, Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. Although Poe wrote in many genres, it was his keen ability to burrow into the human psyche examining those psychological horrors lurking beneath the surface that really made Poe a household name. His poem, The Raven, basically made Poe an overnight success, and his short story, Murder in the Rue Morgue, has been described as the very first detective story in modern literature, even inspiring the creation of Sherlock Holmes. Like many free-spirited artists of his time, Poe dabbled in a little alcohol and drug abuse, which some believe led to his very mysterious and untimely death. More on that later. But say what you want about the dude, Poe's work is revered worldwide, and his imagery and musical talents as a poet and writer are second to none, securing his place as the king of gothic macabre. This week we read The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. I think I was just mouthing your words when you did that. I was like, gross. <laughs> Stage mom. <laughs> this creepy tale starts with a man. Jory, I gotta correct you there. What? This individual is not gendered. Oh, you're right. I also imagined a man. <laughs> <laughs> we have one, unnamed narrator. Two, Unnamed old man. Yes. That's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> and a couple police officers down the road here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little police crew. Right out the gate. Unnamed narrator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is like, let me just tell you how much <laughs> I am not insane. Mm-hmm. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> Listen to this hilarious tale. It's like a very, like, thou doth protest too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look over here. A perfectly sane person. Just standing here, <laughs> speaking to you. <laughs> True. Nervous. Very, very dreadfully nervous I had been and am. But why will you say that I am mad? It starts true exclamation point. Grid, grid opener. Yes. Mm. The disease had sharpened my senses. Not destroyed. Not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in heaven and in the earth. <laughs> I heard many things in hell. Hell. How then <laughs> am I mad? Hearken and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. 
Mm-hmm. This is when we hold up the flashlight <laughs> to our faces. It's such a good opening. Know, it's such a good opening. <laughs> he is overcome with recurring images of an eye, what he calls an evil eye, right. a vulture-like eye. And he's like, I don't know really how I started thinking about this. Like, why? <laughs> like, there's something started, like, gnawing at the back of his brain about the situation that he was in. He was a man possessed. Yes. They say very clearly, it was not a crime of passion. Exactly. He was like, I really just wasn't feeling anything ill towards the person. And I didn't have any objective. Yeah. Like, I want you to know I'm not insane. He just kind of launches into, like, how he decided to kill a man. (laughs) Kill a man who lives with him. (laughs) He slowly opens the door to the man's room over hours. Yeah. Painstakingly moves his head (laughs) into the door and just, like, slowly puts his head in the door. That's it. That's all he does for seven (laughs) nights. Opens the door, sticks in. His head. <laughs> to kind of like watch the guy sleep, right? And he wants to see the eye. Yeah. And then he realizes, mm, can't see the eye. Eyes are closed. But like, <laughs> couldn't we have seen that coming, buddy? Uh, like, he's asleep. Buddy. He's asleep, my friend. On the eighth night, he like lights the lantern and it like peers in like a laser onto yes. the foggy blue eyeball. Yes. The vulture ball. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on this night, the sleeping man startles. The unnamed old man can't see a thing yeah, and will hopefully fall back asleep. So he stands there for like hours, right? I think it's hours. Hours, just perfectly still. All of a sudden, he throws like the old man on the floor and like moves the bed and like (laughs) drops the bed on top of him or something. What does he mean he says he puts the bed on top of him? I didn't understand what that meant. I was thinking it was the mattress and then he gets smothered. I really couldn't understand it. I couldn't really understand it, but he definitely like suffocates him. Yeah. The whole time you hear, you have all of this like auditory, like almost visuals. Like it, he's living in, mm-hmm. in kind of like an auditory hill. He's hearing the heartbeats. He's hearing noise in the walls or like a ticking noise or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next thing I didn't see coming, I'll tell you, <laughs> is that he's just casually very like breaking bad. Like, dismembered him in the bathtub. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yes. Like to go from suffocating, which is so like blood free. Yeah. To dismembering. Like, why did you even need to dismember him? Like, what was the point? And he's like, it was so cunning. It was such a cunning murder. (laughs) I didn't leave a trail of blood, not a drop. Not a drop of blood. And I just knew exactly what to do. I just like lifted up the floorboard. <laughs> I chopped his body up. I, I took his legs off, his head off, his arms off, <laughs> spread him across the floor, put the boards back, and everything was great. <laughs> right when things like settle down, he's like, everything's amazing. The pounding in my head's gone from that evil vulture eye that I have to look at. Mm-hmm. He has like an air of like, accomplishment I feel like absolutely a real like satisfaction with his look proud of himself that kind of vibe (laughs) like I really just fucking did that and it was amazing yeah it was incredible and I'm not crazy (laughs) like this was an amazing work of genius 10 out of 10 on this murder yeah (laughs) unfortunately for him there's like a knock 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 on the door yes and the police force is there and what happens B 
since our narrator has such a clear conscience, yeah, he doesn't bat an eye. He doesn't feel a lick of guilt. Yeah, he welcomes them in. He's chit chit chatting, <laughs> and <laughs> he tells them that the old man is out of town, which I think is pretty clever. I don't know if I would have thought of that. <laughs> and then he goes so far as to like pull out seats for them. Yes. He pulls out chairs and has them have a sit down. Take a load off. Let me like get you some refreshments. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grab a chair. I might put it like right where the body is. <laughs> I'm just going to sit on the boards like the body is underneath me. Yep. That's what his brain is screaming. <laughs> Unfortunately, starts to hear like a thumping. A thumping, a pounding. A rhythmic thumping. Is it in his head? Is it real? Yes. Pounding gets so loud. It's like exclamation, exclamation, (laughs) and he cracks. Confesses. He just confesses. He just fully confesses to the police officers (laughs) who he had just convinced that there was no foul play, that everything was fine. He lifts up all the floorboards <laughs> and is like, the body's here. Like, it's buried here. He screams, villains. I shrieked. Yeah. <laughs> Dissemble no more. I admit the deed. <laughs> and then he points, tear up the planks. Here, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking pesky eye. That pesky, pesky eye. <laughs> <laughs> So this story, like, I feel like it does a really good job building suspense. Yes, yes, yes. And takes twists and turns. Yeah. And what I thought was cool, like, kind of analyzing it a bit, is that it's like we have so much specifics in the plot, like him describing so detailed, but then we know absolutely nothing about the person, the old man, about their relationship. Like, yeah. We didn't fail to tell you, dear listener, why they live together or who they are. We don't know. Yeah. We simply don't know. We would have told you. It gives us no information about that. You know, I feel like (laughs) whenever I read Edgar Allan Poe, I feel like it's always him in this situation. So maybe that's why I think it's a male voice all the time. Like, I I honestly think he's, like, playing out some sort of scenario in his head. Sure. Like, working something out. And so I think I put him as the narrator every time. Sure. Like, that's normal. Like, because his voice is so strong. His, like, perspective is so pointed in how he talks, how he paints a picture, how he— Yep. It's unmistakably him. Absolutely. Gothic literature, dear dear listener, dear reader, has brought us all of the classic monsters. Yes. Okay, this is where we get our Frankensteins. This is where we get our Draculas. This is where we get our Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's. Yeah. It's macabre. It's romantic. It's usually British and European, but then we have an American tradition as well with people like Nathaniel Hawthorne and Edgar Allan Poe himself. Yeah. So this is like known <laughs> as one of the best short stories of all time. Yeah. And as a result, there's been so many other things made out of it. They've made a silent film right away, 1928. One of the first films made this story. Not surprised. Then there was a ballet. Ooh, a ballet written after this story? There were feature films. An episode of Sponge. Bob Squarepants made loosely after this plot. It was put on stage. And then the highest honor of all, a Lifetime movie. (gasps) Like on the Hallmark Channel? Lifetime. I mean, Lifetime? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like on the Hallmark Channel? Yeah. So like everyone has given this a go. Everyone's tried their hand at it. Yeah. 
It's so dramatic. It's like someone shrieking. Full dismemberment. We get a beheading. (laughs) Come on. You get a cloudy, filmy eye. (laughs) Yes. You don't like to see that. Scary, cloudy, filmy eye. (laughs) (laughs) Hubris came to mind. And that is like the idea of like the pride coming before the fall. Mm -hmm. Like it was a a moment of hubris for him to invite the police officers to sit in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because he was so proud of his work and he had such vanity about his performance. Yeah. He went a little too far. I mean. A little too far. Because if he had just walked them out, he probably would have gotten away with it. (laughs) This is like the work of a sociopath, right? Yeah. Like they just live in a different reality and then. Well, I did some research I can share. Oh, shit. (laughs) The diagnosis that comes up is paranoid schizophrenic. Mm. And I guess that is a, a condition that also comes with like auditory hallucinations it's like very auditory based which i think would contribute in this case this is why i can't smoke weed i get like really (laughs) paranoid to the point where i literally hear voices have i told i don't even know if i've told you this before i went to (laughs) house he was like the weed dealer in middle school he was like a popular kid yeah but he was like very nice he was a really nice person sure And we went to his house before school. I think it was like the first time I ever smoked weed that actually like it affected me. I was like, (laughs) like I was not on planet earth anymore. Floating above the planet. Yeah. And then I had to go to math class. (laughs) He was sitting behind me and this must've been like seventh or eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade. I kept turning to him and going like, will you be like, will you be quiet? Like stop talking. You kept telling him to be quiet. I kept turning around and being like, why? Like stop (laughs) talking to me stop whispering at me because I kept hearing voices oh my god George. and I even remember like Mr. M's face was like this bitch is high like he I think he knew what was up <laughs> he knew yeah yeah and yeah. he was so nice he gave me a pass to the nurse's office oh George, because I was I so know. out of it but okay the whole point of that story is I know what it's like to have voices talking to you mm-hmm. and that is the scariest fucking thing I can't imagine being so paranoid to the point where like you know, shit goes down and you kill the old man that lives with you. Yeah, accidentally dismember your roommate. No. <laughs> Oopsies. Oopsies, poopsies. <laughs> I also actually, Jory, thought of a story from middle school. When oh, I God. Was reflecting on this um, story. When I, when I thought about that hubris, when I thought about being a little too prideful, I recalled, or just like guilt. Like, you know, just like oh, the guilt. Guilt is the worst. I drank two Mike's hard lemonades. <laughs> and I was wasted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you were probably wasted, though. <laughs> and smoked two beady cigarettes, then went back to study group where I was supposed to be after school. Oh, did you throw up? Didn't, but it's making me nauseous thinking about it. Oh, those beadies make you ill. Oh, God. Oof. <laughs> And my mom came to pick me up and she was already like her sensors were up. Like she she knew came to pick me up like early. And I got in the car and I was like, oh mom, stop, wait, shoot. And I forgot my bag. So I opened the door and went to <laughs> enthusiastically run up the stairs. It's like three stairs up to the stoop. Uh, me, the athlete. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and go flying up the stairs and catch myself no hands just full face into the door frame hard 
I lay there for a moment, stunned. And then I'm like, everything's fine. I just tripped. (laughs) Blood just dripping down my face. And then we all gather in the bathroom and they start laughing and saying, I'm going to need stitches. And um, I start crying. (laughs) I get back in the car and I'm just like holding a bag of like bloody ice to my forehead. Yeah. And my mom's like, oh my God, what happened? And do you need stitches? And we're like on our way to the ER because I did need stitches. Yeah. And then we're sitting in the waiting room. The guilt. The guilt is just, it's all I can feel. It's all I can think about. Making all of the feelings so much louder. Yeah. And so I just turn to sweet, sweet Laura and say, the doctor is probably going to ask anyways, but I am, I am drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Which I wasn't. Like the adrenaline from the fall. And I had had two Mike's Hard Lemonades, what, two hours ago? You know what I mean? Like like I thought for sure I was going to be given some sort of (laughs) <laughs> like walk the line blood test or <laughs> yeah. something. Yes, I thought the entire staff was gonna like intervene. Uh, totally, that's just for me. I could just feel the feeling of what he felt like Pounding. sitting in that chair, guilt, mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. that someone's gonna question you at feeling. any moment. The worst feeling. I drank the too much. My heart, heart lemonade at the river <laughs> with my friends, and I smoked two beauties, and I fell because I'm so drunk, and I was 14 hours ago, but I know I'm still drunk from it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. And then you just lift up the floorboards and you're like, there's the dead body I just Oopsies. <laughs> Oopsies. But it was so cunning though. <laughs> okay, he was born in 1809, died in 1849, only 40. And here's the situation. Yeah. He had a mysterious death. This is what I've heard. I don't know how much of it yeah, is tell factual. Me. This is just like the lore. Tell me. From my understanding, he was seen going into like a bar or something, like seen going somewhere, wearing and acting a certain way Mm -hmm. that was totally normal, like typical quote unquote normal behavior. And then like minutes passed, like not a long time passed. And he was seen by multiple people, like stumbling through the streets, talking Mm -hmm. crazy talk and wearing someone else's clothes. That's right. And there's all these like spooky, scary conspiracies about it though that are like, yeah. he was abducted by aliens and returned or he was in like a time slip or he like was like drugged. Yes. <laughs> I found a Smithsonian article. Okay. And it gave us nine ways that he could. Nine ways. So they really narrowed it down. <laughs> they think he's died. Yeah, to your point, he was in a different town even than he lived. Oh, okay. And he was found in a gutter. <gasps> Oh, that's so sad. Half conscious in someone else's clothes. Yeah. And so then he never regained consciousness, but he didn't die quite, like, it was like four days later. Oh, goodness. Here's what their guesses are. Okay. Number one, beating. Okay. Number two, voter fraud. What? Which was like in a very elaborate sort of like ruse where these gangsters would like threaten your life if you didn't vote the way. I don't know. It's this whole thing. So that's really interesting. What? Yeah. That, that's a whole other podcast. So interesting. Alcohol. Carbon monoxide poisoning. Heavy metal poisoning. They're going to say heavy metal music. Uh, rabies. <laughs> brain tumor. Flu. <laughs> flu. And then the last one. Murder. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, I kind of like, like, the mystery behind it. Also, it's just, like, he spent his whole life talking about scary, spooky, crazy, Mm -hmm. mysterious, paranoid Mm -hmm. story. And then the motherfucker dies the same way. I couldn't believe when I saw this. I didn't know that. 
I wasn't aware. What if he just wrote his own death? What if he just like decided to make it happen? He's committed to his art. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> What do you rate this spooky <laughs> story? I'm going to rate this story, The Telltale Heart, four out of five cloudy eyes. I'm going to give it a five fucking out of a five. I, know. I wrote four out of five before we talked about it. And then the more we talked about it, I was like, I think it probably deserves five. Listen, like, I love a creepy tale. I like, I really love mm-hmm. the whimsy of his writing. And like, it's not something you want to read every day. Right. But like, in the season, in the moment, when you want the wind to blow through the mm-hmm. fucking curtain or whatever and give you a chill, <laughs> I'm going to read a little Edgar Allan Poe. I'm going to move it to five. <laughs> I mean, the way that this suspense is built and we learn nothing and we're still so invested, yeah. really impressive. It takes a true master to do that. I agree. Okay. Into it. <laughs> The time was coming. I honestly have never, as many of these episodes as we've done, I've never been this anxious. I <gasps> have been wanting to cut to the chase to see your art and share my art. I kind of feel that energy from you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to the art? Can we get to the art? Out of the short, out of the short. <laughs> yeah, and we're finally here. It's happening. But now we have to decide who's going to go first. Well, after that buildup, I want to see your art burst. But that's selfish of me. I'm going to see yours first. You guys, I'm going to open. It looks like a little video here. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't want to look at that milky eye. I don't want to see that. Okay. Okay. So it's... um. An all-color video, first of floorboards, like yeah. the wooden floorboards, yeah. is the first image you see, and that's that clickety-click-clunk-clunk, and then they start pulling up, <laughs> and then it's like, it's like, I guess it's not a skull yet, they're like just body parts, but he's old, he looks very old, it's a very skull-shaped head. Yeah, I mean, he's a really old man, I was picturing a very old man. <laughs> in full color, and then the camera zooms in on two eyes, and one is scarier than the next. Let me watch one more time. (laughs) He has like stringy white hair. And then all of his body parts are jumbled under his own head. Yeah. Obviously, it's the old man. Very, very, very old man. (laughs) I don't want to watch it again because I don't want to get it in my brain. Okay, it's actually not that scary. It's very cartoony. Let me just tell you what I wanted to do. (laughs) Everything's hand-drawn. You drew each one of those floorboards. By hand. I drew everything. On paper. I was like, God damn, if I can't draw a goddamn hardwood goddamn floor. The thing I wanted to do is a true art, and I do not have the skills. And so I want to take the time right now to be like, mm-hmm. all of you amazing artists who know how to make a pop-up book. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's a paper art. It takes a certain kind of spatial yeah. reasoning or something. Yes, People made it look really easy. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, are you serious? Like, I literally cannot even wrap my brain around this. It was like trying to solve a math equation. Oh, my goodness. 
that you've never learned the math for. And I don't know why I thought I was a mathematician. Like, I don't know why I thought I could do it. And I could not. So then I, today I was like scrambling. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I just have to okay, make something. how did you get your wood boards from the real world into a digital video? I just scanned it. Mm. Honestly, it was like a very last minute thing because I was like, I have to fucking bring something. I can't bring like just mm-hmm. dismembered body parts. And I guess I could. <laughs> Well, I'm haunted. I don't know, but I'm I'm haunted by those eyeballs. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Oh, my dear. Okay, what do I look at first? Oh, my dear. I know there's a name for this. Mm -hmm. It's not like a dream catcher. (laughs) A mobile. A mobile, yeah. Yeah. But it looks like something that someone would put above, like, their door to, like, cast off evil spirits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's got that vibe to it. So Absolutely. There's, like, a stick Mm -hmm. with, like, string hung from Mm -hmm. it. Like, you would see, like, a mobile. So it's, like, that kind of hanging structure. And then... I don't know what this is made out of, but there's an eyeball and then the next is a heart and then the next one is an ear Mm -hmm. and it is so cool. It almost looks like paper mache maybe. Dude, it's papier mache. And by the way, the eye is like bright blue. It's like staring back into your soul kind of vibe. You can feel it, right? Yes. Yeah, you can feel it. You goddamn little artist. This is so cool. I want this. Will you send this to me? I want it. Send it. (laughs) I'm being very serious. I want you to send this to me. I don't remember what came first, the eye or the ear. (laughs) Yes, not the chicken or the egg, but the (laughs) eye or the ear, sir. Well, they're all tied up, right? So that's why ultimately I did all three, which I thought was so ambitious. Amazing work, though. First, I was like, okay, the ear is the most important symbol because this hearing is what's getting him in trouble. Yeah. But then I was like, but the eye, Mm. the eye is why we're here at all. Yes, yes, yes. Ultimately, I wanted to see all three pieces. Yeah. And so these took all week because I just started from nothing and like just hand built from nothing. Amazing. (laughs) So I just had to build layer on layer on layer on layer and let it dry and then come back and then let it dry and then come back. I love it. (laughs) The eye detail is gorgeous. The heart I'm in love with. The ear is grotesque. Anyways, there it is. I love it. Oh my God. I'm exhausted just thinking about the effort. Fully paid off. Like fully, fully, a million percent paid off. I'm so proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) Good goddamn Mr. Edgar Allen Yeah, You really inspired us this week. You really did. I hope that you are with us in the room. (laughs) Clearly, your energy was infused into our art. (laughs) And uh, it's creepy and dark. I don't feel like yours is dark, but it's very vibey. Feels that way. It It makes you feel a very (laughs) specific way. At first you think it's like a craft. Like you think you're you're like, oh, I can, my brain can categorize this as like a. No, no, I don't think so. I think it's like straight up witchcraft. If it's going to be a craft, it's witchcraft. (laughs) Like you have put a hex on someone. I might be onto something. (laughs) (laughs) On the next episode of Art of the Short, we'll be reading Vicky by A.A. Delevingne. As always, a free link to this short story is in our show notes for you. We want to see what you think of this short story. We want to see what you make. What do you think of this Mr. Edgar Allan Poe? The mystery uh, surrounding his death. What are your theories? What are your thoughts? And also, we want to see your art. So please go to artoftheshort.com and learn how to send us your work. And follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at artoftheshort. Love you. I love you too. Love you. Love pumpkins. Love Halloween. Love witches. Love witches.
Love crystal balls. My little witch. Love ball leaves. Bye, my scary little witch. Bye. That's very Halloweeny. Very Halloweeny. You did come. You did come prepared. I came prepared. I'm just naturally scary. <laughs> You're laughing because you think it's true. <laughs> you tried so hard to keep it like on a down low. <laughs> You're trying so hard. <laughs> no, it wasn't because it was true. It's because it was funny. I'm just a cool girl who likes to have fun. 